are the first-person singular files. This episode is called Picking Up the Pieces. Do people litter within reaching distance of a bin? There are 16 bins on this pier, six down each side, a couple at the entrance, and two at the doors to the theatre at the end there. You'd think that would be enough to put me out of a job. I've been reminded enough times how littering keeps me in employment. It's the same people who tell me I'm a waste of space. Oh, I'd prefer that to a space full of waste. And my God, the number of times I've heard that my job is rubbish. <laughs> Amazing how there aren't more locals booked for comedy gigs at the Pier Theatre. <laughs> I was quite amused last week, though. A guy left a load of rubbish on a bench in a Tesco carrier bag, and pointing to it, gesturing for me to sort it out, he said, Every litter helps. <laughs> he was an arrogant Pratt, but it did make me chuckle. On the inside only, of course. No chance he was seeing me gratify him. I don't really bother talking to anyone along here anymore. I'm not exactly appreciated. A bit like the bins, I suppose. Overlooked and underappreciated. You'd think I'd be seen a bit more with this outfit on. I know it's a bit grubby, but I'm still like a beacon out here. Neck to ankle in reflective high vis. If I was a copper, these lot would see me a mile off. Or a parking warden. Or security guard, you know what I'm saying. Trouble is, there's no CCTV or anything along here. And everyone knows it. So unless I go around with a camera on me, anyone can drop anything anywhere. Nobody sees anything other than the flashing lights, the impossible-to-win prizes and the food. You could be Gary Kasparov and not a soul would spot you on this stretch. So things, put in bins or not, goes absolutely undetected. There's a lad down there now, sat on the wrong part of the bench. Quite how sitting on the back of it like that is more comfortable than the conventional way... I have no idea. He's going to end up with a horizontal indent across his bum cheeks. His backside will look like a hot cross bun. Anyway, despite that bin being less than three steps away from him, I can guarantee you he'll sling that can underneath... Oh, well, there you go. And now he walks past the bin. And now a seagull is sticking its beak... Oh, hang on. I'd better go and get that. Nope. It's rolled into the sea. The can, I mean, not the seagull. I've always been pretty good at watching people, reading them and predicting what moves they'll make next. I can't always stop it, but I'm ready to react and respond. Just not to wind or seagulls or unexpected acts of nature like that. They'd never know a Grandmaster and UK Champion 2015 to 2018 is amongst them. To be fair, I don't imagine many here are ardent chess fans. 
Some of them really need to check themselves, though. <laughs> but now... Well, now I guess I'm picking up the pieces. It's quite a niche world, admittedly, but I was quite a superstar in it. Tommy the King Kingston. I was even interviewed for the Telegraph's Sunday Supplement magazine once. And I was a guest on Love Island After Sun. You know, the spin-off, follow-up show on ITV2? They got me on to analyse and comment on the contestants' tactics. I tried that line on there, to check themselves. But it landed about as well as a Barnes opening versus a Danish gambit. <laughs> I had another 31 fabulous chess puns lined up. One for each piece on the board in total. But... Sadly, I was never asked back. I was recognised in the park about a week after it was aired, and it had been announced I'd not be returning. A group of kids who clearly knew nothing about chess, they shouted, Disengaged! Break contact! More like break contract! And one added a letter to Deep Anchor. But as anyone knows, they're all terms in backgammon, not chess. I was going to say to them I'd soon get my comeback shot. That's another backgammon phrase on the off chance you didn't know. But I wasn't going to fall into their trap. But I guess the fame and recognition went to my head. Maggie Carlson was starting to be seen at matches around the country and I got rather excited when she announced she had a keen interest in chess. Then I got to meet her, briefly, at the premiere of Ocean's 8. You might remember her from that? She played the auctioneer. At the auction house? Well, I do. We chatted for a while. Over a minute, I reckon. I followed her on Instagram and she followed me back. Then, when I posted about my semi-final match here on Hearn Bay Pier, she commented on it. I could not believe it. She put, I'll be there. I can't wait. It was billed as Shakespeare's semi. Me against the up-and-coming Scottish player Vincent Macbeth. He was suggesting I had home advantage because it was taking place in England, but I lived in Northampton at the time, and he was in London, so he was closer to here at the time than I was. Foul play by him and the ignorant media, I say. And of course they played heavily on the Macbeth slaying the king metaphor. Come the day, I take my seat and eye up Vincent, like boxers at a weigh-in. But also nothing like boxers at a weigh-in. And then I see her. She's somehow the only face I can see in the darkness, gently lit by a strange light that's on nobody 
but her. And I'm so distracted by her, her eyes glistening in what was like a soft little spotlight right on her face, that I place such a stupid move that sacrifices a rook and then immediately a knight, meaning I'm playing on my back foot thereafter. I've never been so off my game. Of course, we all know the result. It was quite a story at the time. It made it to page one and half of page two in British Chess Magazine. It would have been on the front cover, I'm sure, if some woman in Norway hadn't made a full chess set out of recycled cardboard. But she had. Sixteen pieces in a sort of cream colour and sixteen in a dark grey. Not exactly conventional, but to be fair, they were pretty smart. The headline was Origami Set and Match. Then, below that, the subheadline, No Longer King, Kingston Down. Inside, on page two, a big photograph. Not just of Vincent Macbeth, but Vincent Macbeth with his arm around Maggie Carlson. Both of them grinning away. In the interview, Macbeth said how it felt like he'd won a war in beating me, that with every piece of mine he took, it was like a bomb going off in my strategy, that he felt an explosion of elation with each one. And Maggie chipped in to say, he's the bomb and he's mine. Bit of a sick pun on mine, if you ask me. Sick bad, not sick good. They also revealed that Maggie was holding one of those little pocket makeup mirrors on her lap, reflecting light up onto her face that lit her up like a beacon of hope for him. So the article read. So, that all gave me the idea. It was all in there. He's playing here again at the weekend. And on his way out, he'll get that feeling all over again. Sixteen bombs going off. One for each of my pieces. Six down each side. A couple at the entrance. And two at the doors to the theatre. Maggie will be going, going, gone. And lit up like a beacon again. Oh, and Maggie, I'll be there. I can't wait. Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Picking Up the Pieces, written and performed by Peter Halpin.